Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. On occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. I'm Nicola Tallent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the Indo Daily, tabloid trials and tribulations, Prince Harry and the phone hacking scandal. You know, Prince Harry makes no secret of how he feels about the British press. I'm way more comfortable with the crown than I am seeing the stories written about my family or my wife, or myself. Because it's the difference between, that is obviously fiction, take it how you will, but this is being reported on as fact because you're supposedly news. Yeah, I have a real issue with that. But sometimes he really doesn't help himself. Literally cut me off financially, and I had to afford afford security for for us. Wait, hold, hold up, wait a minute. Your family cut you off? Yeah, in the first half, the first quarter of 2020, but I've got what my mum left me. And without that, we would not have been able to do this. It seems like there's weekly updates on his wife and children. So I did what any husband and what any father would do, is like, I need to get my family out of here. But we never walked away. There's very public appearances hitting home his wish for privacy. Yeah, I have no doubt that my mum would be incredibly proud of me. I'm living the life that she wanted to live for herself, living the life that she wanted us to be able to live. And he even charged members of the public to watch his therapy session in real time. Towards the end of the book, when is someone in this family going to break free and live? Mm-hmm. Have you done that? I have now. Yeah. Um, what does it feel like? It was great. <laughs> I do. I, I mean, once the book came out, I felt, I felt incredibly free. But there's a very serious side to Prince Harry and his private life too. He is one of several public figures whose lawsuits against Mirror Group newspapers, MGN, will be considered at a trial in May. It's taking place just days after his father's coronation and Prince Harry himself could well take the witness stand to support these allegations of phone hacking. And you know, it isn't a first for a British newspaper either. When a News of the World photographer captured her parents privately tracing their daughter's last steps along this road, they asked themselves a question familiar to many hacking victims. How did the paper know? Or indeed, a member of the royal family. But the voicemail transcripts read out in court didn't just focus on William and Kate, but also on Prince Harry's relationship with his then-girlfriend Chelsea Davy. I'm Siobhan Maguire and today I'm joined by media consultant and former Sky News correspondent Enda Brady to find out more. Enda, thanks so much for joining me today. Now, we know there's no love lost on Harry's part for the British tabloids, but this upcoming trial has some very serious undertones. Can you talk me through some of them? 
So he's leveling a very serious allegation against Mirror Group newspapers here, which will see a trial beginning on the week of May the 9th. And basically what Prince Harry is alleging is that between 1996 and 2010, he reckons there were at least 148 articles written about him that were produced off the back of effectively his phone being hacked so information that was obtained through unlawful means. Now, it's not a criminal trial. It's civil proceedings. He's got a very, very good lawyer here in David Sherborne who's representing him. And Prince Harry alleges 148 articles that have all derived from his phone being hacked. So very serious allegations. Ultimately, the judge has decided that the, for, I would imagine, speed of of legalities, they've reduced the number down to 33, which will be heard in court. But this is shaping up to be quite a seismic battle. It's alleged that Mirror Group newspapers were unlawfully gathering information about the young prince from before his mother died, right up until just before the start of the Leveson inquiry. And of course, Prince Harry is the headliner of this case. Now, look, every aspect of Harry's life has been poured over and more so recently because of the book and the Netflix series that he was involved in making. But, you know, you just think back to the days of the tabloids when it was like the Wild West in the UK. Every aspect of, you know, they were particularly fascinated with any young women he went out with. There was always a date or a very glamorous girl on his arm. And you think back, you know, any information that would have been in the public domain or ended up in the tabloids certainly wasn't leaked by Harry, certainly wasn't leaked by the girl in question. But they would know an awful lot about the relationship places they were going or places they wanted to go or if the relationship had broken down, you know, a lot of very private information ended up in the newspapers and Harry hated it. It's shocking stuff. It's very, very serious. Mirror Group newspapers is contesting the claims and they're arguing that they've been brought too late. So the time frame is 96 to 2010 and here we are in 2023. But nevertheless, unless someone backs down, this is going to court in May. Harry's not the first member of the royal family to have um, followed up on phone hacking allegations. So William kicked all of this off in the UK, and I think it is to his credit, really. I've been a journalist in the UK since I did the Leaving Cert, really. I came over here for university and I got studying and I got working. And what I found, I, in my experience... I've never known a journalist to hack a phone, but then I've never worked for a, a British tabloid newspaper. William had an incident happen to him, and I think it set off a light bulb in his head. He was playing soccer one night in central London. He has a very tightly knit core group of friends. They've been friends for a very long time. They are, these are deeply, deeply trusted people in the royal inner circle. So William would go play soccer at a pitch, and he would have a kickabout with these fellas that he's known for decades. He got a knee injury one night playing soccer, and this popped up in the papers at the weekend. And it wasn't—it was on the front page, but it was what we call a sidebar, so it was not the main splash headline. You know, William hurting his knee is not going to be global news, but nevertheless, made the front page a sidebar. And William got looking at this and thinking, nobody on that soccer pitch that night will have spoken to a reporter. They will not have told anyone. They were all people that were immensely trusted confidants. And William went away and realized that the only way someone could have got that information was by listening to a voicemail that had been left. 
And sure enough, he got his people to investigate it. And that is how all the beans started getting spilled out of the can about voicemails and phone hacking and tabloid reporters. Williams started all this ball rolling uh, and he proved it. The prosecutor read out transcripts of messages left on Kate's phone. In one, Prince William said, Hi baby, it's me. He also called Kate Babykins. But the voicemail transcripts read out in court didn't just focus on William and Kate, but also on Prince Harry's relationship with his then-girlfriend Chelsea Davy. In a jokey voicemail to his brother, William put on a high-pitched voice pretending to be Chelsea. He said, it's lovely out here in Africa and hopefully I'll see you very soon, you big hairy fat ginger. When you take something like um, your mobile phone being listened in on, that kind of thing, I mean, that's that's such an invasion. And no matter what you think of of Prince Harry um, or indeed Meghan, the fact of the matter is, if something unlawful has happened, then he has every right to stand up in court and, and he very well may testify, but he has that right to stand up and challenge it, doesn't he? Yeah, he is. He's standing up for himself and I think... You know, he has certainly divided opinion across the UK, across the world in the last couple of years of his life, everything that has gone on. But what I see here is a young man just standing up for himself. And I think he's had enough. He hates the press. He really despises the paparazzi for how his mother was treated. I think one of the hardest things to come to terms with is the fact that the people that chased her through the into the tunnel with the same people that were taking photographs of her while she was still dying on the back seat of the car. And those people that, that caused the accident, instead of helping, were taking photographs of, of her dying on the back seat. And then those photographs made, made their way back to, uh, to news desks in this country. His childhood, people chasing after them for pictures. The world has changed. And I think this is going to be a big, awkward court case, certainly for Mirror Group newspapers. And the the phrase that has been used in court already this week is that uh, the Duke of Sussex, Prince Harry, will not settle. So settling involves people getting around the table, discussing things, someone perhaps accepting blame or some sort of responsibility and a financial figure being agreed. Harry has made it quite clear, not interested in settling. So he doesn't need money. I think what he wants is he wants his day in court. And that day in court, actually, you know, you talk about uh, the timing of things, um, and uh, and when you look at the royal family, sometimes you think, God, you know, the timing couldn't be worse. This court case, this trial, uh, is very close to the coronation of King Charles in May. Yeah, it's it's the week after the coronation. So imagine all of the media focus and, you know, whether you're interested in the royal family or not. I can guarantee you it's going to get headlines. It will be on all the American networks, Australia, New Zealand, Canada. You know, all the broadcasters will move to London that week. All the news shows will be anchored from London. There will be people in the UK who are Republicans. You know, there's quite a a vocal Republican movement in Britain who are completely anti-monarchy and want them gone. You know, but you can't change the news agenda and it will be the biggest event, certainly in Britain, that week followed by Harry appearing in court. So you may have a situation, we still don't know whether he's coming to the coronation, but you may have a situation where the coronation dominates the news agenda for the week. And then a few days later, Harry pops up in court giving evidence against Mirror Group newspapers. And uh, he's not the only famous face giving evidence against uh, the Mirror Group in this particular case, is he? 
So there's a few people listed, and I'll just go through them. Now, it, it remains to be seen whether they get selected to give evidence, but Harry certainly has been selected to give evidence. Cheryl Cole is someone that's involved in this legal battle. Ian Wright, uh, the footballer and now TV presenter, very, very popular guy from his days with Arsenal in England. The actor Ricky Tomlinson, everyone will know and, and remember him, very, very popular character as well, larger than life. And the estate of George Michael, so the late pop star from Wham, George Michael, his estate are involved in these legalities as well. The judge is uh, Mr. Justice Timothy Fancourt. He has already selected Harry as someone who will be giving evidence. We remain to see who else joins him uh, giving evidence, but I mean, to have someone as prominent as Prince Harry, such a key member of the royal family, and even though he stepped down from senior royal duties, him appearing at the High Court, it would be absolutely massive, massive news. It's not his only case either, is it, Enda? So he's taken a case against the publishers of the Mail on Sunday. So this is Associated Newspapers Limited. Now, this goes back to effectively uh, Harry taking legal action against the Home Office over security arrangements for him and his family when they're in the UK. Now, there was a story published online and in the newspaper February last year. Um, the headline said, exclusive, how Prince Harry tried to keep his legal fight with the government over police bodyguards a secret. Then just minutes after the story broke, his PR machine tried to put a positive spin on the dispute. So a very complicated headline there. But that's what he's taking issue with. Um, that was the headline that was rather lengthily carried in the mail on Sunday online and in the paper. And the, the mail have really kind of gone for Harry and Meghan over recent years. Part of me thinks it's because they realise that it's almost clickbait at this stage. Whatever Megan wears, whatever anyone says about her, people are going to click on it. And I think the, the real sad reality for Harry is he's kind of turned into the new Diana in terms of what sells newspapers. My job is to keep my family safe. It is my duty to uncover this exploitation and bribery that happens within our media. Harry said the toxic British press drove him from the royal family and the UK. Now he could be returning to fulfil what he now sees as his duty. This case um, actually conjures up memories of the News of the World phone hacking. This happened when? And it was very high profile, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a decade plus ago. Uh, the News of the World was an extraordinary story. I mean, one of the, the most successful tabloid newspapers anywhere on earth. I covered that story every single day for weeks. And, uh, you know, and it still fascinates me. Remember, you know, at the time, the Murdoch family were major shareholders in Sky and Sky News were all over that story. It led to dawn raids, the arrests of journalists, the editors questioned in Parliament. Even the boss was caught up in it. I would just like to say one sentence. This is the most humble day of my life. I was down there every single day. Uh, Wapping is where the press uh, was for to make the papers and where ultimately the headquarters of News International was. And it got scrapped. You know, the newspaper was made defunct, no longer published. And that was the impact on them. And of course, the police got involved. Computer files were taken away. Employees were 
spoken to with legal representatives in the room and it ended up in criminal trials and a couple of private investigators getting convicted so, and, and people actually going to jail. This is the last press scrum. Andy Coulson will have to negotiate for quite some time. The only positive in a day where this former newspaper editor turned political spin doctor lost his liberty. The news of the world phone hacking scandal was immense, absolutely immense for newspaper journalism here. Um, But this is very different. This is a civil case, Harry against Mirror Group newspapers. And I tell you what, I I think it'll be box office viewing for any reporter lucky enough to get into that um, press bench come May the 9th. I was actually working for Sunday Times Ireland at the time all of this was going on and News of the World Ireland were right next door to us, completely baffled by all of this and everything that unfolded. And then out of the blue, I think it was a Tuesday afternoon, everyone got an email saying it was done and dusted. So this is how serious these allegations can be taken. Hugely serious. But, you know, we have to look at this as well, that this was impacting on journalism everywhere. That people would, if you said you were a journalist, I mean, there's only two other professions. I see this every year in all the surveys, which two other professions are seen in such low regard, uh, politics and estate agents. And you just think, you know, there's a reason that people kind of have hated journalists or hated the media over the years, knowing that phones were hacked. I mean, there was the Millie Dowler situation with the news of the world as well. She was a, a, a murdered schoolgirl and she had been abducted and murdered by a man called Levi Belfield. Uh, he's in prison. He's a serial killer. And we found out that journalists from the News of the World had been hacking into her voicemail and listening to her phone messages while she was missing. I mean, it was just lowest of the low stuff at the time. And that impacted on the, the media world over here for everyone. That's a really good point, Enda, because when we, we talk about the phone hacking scandal uh, with concerning the news of the world, we do tend to think of like the, you know, the big actor names and the footballers and the members of parliament. But you quite rightly um, mentioned Millie there, an awful case. And it was her mum who realised that there was just a, a, a detail that the press couldn't have known about. They all turned up at a particular event concerning Millie and she started to kind of think, what is going on? How on earth did they know we were doing that walk on that day and it just felt like such an intrusion into a really, really private grief moment. Yeah, I mean, that was awful. I was actually at the scene when, when Millie Dowler's remains were, were found in Surrey. Um, I've been following that case for so long. And you just think a family that have had a little girl abducted, she was missing for so long, presumed murdered, and and then the body is found. And to know that, you know, rather than helping or, or doing something positive or constructive, that these kind of private investigators that the newspapers were using were listening in and had hacked into the child's voicemail. I mean, it is just lowest of the low stuff. And you just you, you just can't ever argue that any of that could ever be in the public interest or good. I mean, it was just disgusting behavior. At the height of the conspiracy, hundreds of hacking calls a month were being made from this office or News of the World phones. Sometimes Mulcair taught the reporters how to do it. Tell me, Enda, in conclusion, in relation to Prince Harry now and indeed in his quest for privacy, 
Unfortunately, this trial now in May will likely become a, a media circus like like everything else. If it goes ahead, it absolutely will become a media circus. And I just say if, because part of me, I can't get my head around the fact that Prince Harry, with all the security detail and risks and problems it will entail. I mean, we've seen Johnny Depp at the High Court and that became a circus. I just can't fathom. I cannot get my head around the fact that Prince Harry will turn up. Like a trial will go on for six to seven weeks and he will be required to be in the witness box three or four days at least and then cross-examination. I just can't get my head around him turning up every day for that length of time. It will be a circus, make no mistake about it. There will be camera crews, there will be blogs, there will be YouTubers, and every cough and spit will be tweeted and retweeted. And of course, ultimately, what, what is he giving? All the columnists who write the nasty stuff about him and his wife, they're gonna have an absolute new wealth of material to work with. And my thanks to media consultant and former Sky News correspondent Enda Brady for joining me today. I'm Siobhan McGuire and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by myself, researched by Owen Maloney with sound by John Smith. Archive clips from ITV News, Piers Morgan Uncensored on Talk TV, The Late Late Show with James Corden on CBS, Sky News, the BBC, The Bold Report on Sky News Australia, Good Morning Britain on ITV, The Levison Inquiry and Independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.